it's an emergent area of interest for a lot of people, and I think it's so ingrained in our daily life. One way you can do that, that is take them to Those extreme Those tiny babies. And I guess for every day like when I'm working we with expect patients. a baby to look it like. It is a topic which is often highly emotive. Think. 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 This is Think Help on 2SER 107.3. Hello and welcome to Think Health, where we cultivate and articulate the best in health research. I'm Ellen Liebeter and you're tuned in to 2SER 107.3. Today on the show, we take an in-depth look at how the space women give birth in can influence mood, hormone levels and labour. What's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of a hospital? Maybe it's the emergency room, the smell of disinfectant, or a loved one lying still on a bed. It's a space that can make you feel claustrophobic, nauseous, stressed or overwhelmed. And these are hardly the emotions you want to feel when you are giving birth. Enter the Birth Unit Design Study, which has been looking at the way in which labouring women, their supporters and the medical staff are reacting to the space they are in. We've got fairly good evidence that the traditional birth units that women have been labouring in for a couple of decades now actually interferes with the way women are perceiving the space and what's happening within their brain. The way we react to spaces isn't a new idea. Marilyn Farreau is a professor of midwifery at the University of Technology, Sydney. Oh, since about uh, the late 70s, there was some research by a wonderful psychologist called Roger Ulrich. He did a study looking at what happened for patients who'd had, I think they'd had cholecystectomy operation. That's removal of the gallbladder because it's blocked. And he looked at patients who had a room with a view an outside view of trees or patients who were cared for in rooms which only had a room of the brick wall of the building next door and looked at what kinds of pain relief those two groups of patients needed and what he discovered was the patients who were cared for in the room with a view of nature had far less requirement for pain relief than those who only had a view of a brick wall. Research in hospital design has continued since then, but has rarely looked at the space a woman gives birth in. That is, until recently. The University of Technology Sydney is pioneering the way we look at hospital spaces for labouring women. What we seem to have designed is a, is a unit that works really well for application of medical procedures that might be used. Um, and so women are being cared for in spaces that are basically modified operating theatres. That's one of the reasons that we started looking at these rooms is because those rooms in a traditional labour ward that women are provided with to labour and have their baby in are actually designed exactly the same way as a patient room in any other ward in the hospital. This is Athena Hammond. Athena is a registered midwife and PhD student at the University of Technology, Sydney. She's been working with Professor Furrow on the study. 
When you think about it, it makes sense that hospital labour wards should be designed differently to a traditional hospital room. When you're pregnant, you're not sick. But when you go into a room as an unwell patient, what you need to do in that space is essentially rest and recover. But when you go into a room as a well woman who is intending to have a baby, you actually don't need to lay down and rest (laughs) and recover. You need to do a really active, really dynamic, really fluid and changeable and non-linear and very physical and emotional process, which is having a baby. And laying down in a bed is really (laughs) not a very effective way to approach that process. For labouring women, these feelings created by being in a space that makes them anxious and stressed can have a negative impact on the birth process. During labour, there's a, there's a neurohormone called oxytocin um, that helps women to be calm, uh, that helps labour to unfold. And it's actually this, neuro, this hormone acting locally in the uterus that makes the labour progress and the baby to be born. And if women are put in a space where they feel um, intimidated or under surveillance or fearful in any way, their brain reacts in a particular way so that this nicely coordinated neurohormonal process doesn't unfold in the way that it should. So labour slows down or becomes irregular or sometimes stops altogether. To allow this oxytocin release to happen, part of a woman's brain has to shut down. Athena Hammond again. One of the things that has to happen in order for you to labour in a really physiologically effective kind of way is that your your neocortex, which is the, the big kind of part of your brain where we do all of our kind of critical thinking and all of our language processing, that part of your brain actually needs to essentially sort of power down <laughs> so that some other parts of your brain um, can take over and allow a really big flood of oxytocin release to happen. Um, And when you are getting a lot of adrenaline, um, which is mediated through your response to your environment, that actually blocks that release of oxytocin. And it comes as no surprise that a traditional hospital room is the perfect place to keep the neocortex awake. So the things that stimulate your neocortex to sort of stay awake are bright lights unknown places and people, cold temperature, white, like bright, white, hard, cold surfaces, being asked questions. So having to um, engage with language and that kind of critical thinking process. And I think that's part of what happens in those rooms because very often they are unfortunately brightly lit. They are very often predominantly white, Women frequently complain that those rooms are very cold. So what we are seeing is an environment that is preventing the release of oxytocin, which researchers believe prolongs labour or prevents what otherwise would be a normal vaginal birth and... And then we need to leap in and intervene and try to get labour back on track. 97% of Australian women give birth in a standard hospital labour ward and a third of those women can expect to give birth by caesarean. I mean, what we know today in most of the resource-rich world and where around more than 97% of women give birth in hospitals is that fewer and fewer women are able to be able to give birth in a straightforward way using uh, their own resources. 
we have around a third of all women are giving birth by caesarean section and many other women are also having all sorts of interventions in order to help their babies to be born. So clearly something is going on in the kinds of spaces that we are building that is making it more and more difficult for women to just give birth um, in a straightforward way. Of the remaining 3% of women, 2.5% give birth in a birth centre and the rest give birth at home. The birth unit design study has looked at birth centres and hospital labour wards, with the former usually attached to the hospital anyway. Birth centres are designed differently to traditional labour wards. Athena Hammond again. A delivery suite or a labour ward room has a clinical aesthetic and it's probably the kind of space that most of us are familiar with seeing in television and film and in images that we have around us. Um, whereas a birth centre is more what is usually referred to as home-like. So it's got a slightly more domestic feel. Um, it usually does things like using warmer colours and textures. Um, it might have a normal double bed in it as opposed to a single electronic obstetric bed. What's interesting is the intervention rates between the two settings, although it should be noted that this is different for public and private hospitals. We actually know from research that we see less vaginal birth, so less straight, less straightforward normal vaginal birth in those conventional rooms than we see in alternately designed rooms. You're listening to Think Health on 2SER. Stay tuned. Coming up next, we see how this research is being implemented in a Sydney hospital. Head down to Activate Fit on Harris for our open day, Thursdays, 30th of July from 10am to 4pm. Do you want a gym with no joining fees? Do you want access to group classes with no additional fees to your membership? Then Activate Fit on Harris is your gym. Free access to gym and classes all day. And if you refer a friend, you'll be rewarded. Activate your fitness. Activate Fit on Harris, 733 Harris Street, Ultimo. Or head to www.activatefit.com.au. Sponsors of 2SER. 107.3. Welcome back to Think Health on 2SER. I'm Ellen Lee Beater. Today on the show, we are looking at birth unit design. We've just been discussing the link between intervention rates and traditional labour ward design. But what do these alternatively designed rooms look like, the ones that can create an ideal environment for giving birth? Professor Ferrer and her team have developed a set of principles known as the BUD set, or the Birth Unit Design Spatial Evaluation Tool, which is a set of 18 design principles to help guide the design of birth spaces. The principles were developed after consultations with women, medical staff and midwives about what they would like to see in a birth space. They include things like being in a natural environment and privacy. Professor Ferrer again. So the principles include things like um, we as human beings have a natural tendency to respond positively and in a calming way when we're immersed in, in nature. So natural materials for using the space such as uh, wood, um, stone and water, uh, natural objects, artefacts that need to be inserted into the, into the design of the space in as many ways as possible. Um, and privacy, privacy has to be guaranteed for women in labour. They need to know that nobody's going to walk in on them because generally speaking they're going to be half naked or naked during the course of their labour and birth. It's a very intimate experience. So we need to be able to guarantee that 
um, you are screened from public gaze, that you invite people into the space or give permission to people to come into the space rather than uh, having anybody walk in on you. Women also, if they feel under surveillance, again, the brain reacts in particular ways and it interferes with the neurohormonal processes of labour that we want to unfold. The work of the birth unit study has been used to redesign the labour ward in the Royal North Shore Hospital, or should I say birth unit. The first thing is that we've gone away from naming this space a labour ward or a delivery suite. We've taken away those old terms and we talk about it in terms of a birth unit. This is Michael so Nichols, clinical director the in the Division of Women's, Children's and Family Health at Sydney's Royal North Shore Hospital. Michael is also an obstetrician so and gynaecologist. Away that sense that you're here to do something difficult or arduous, that you're coming here um, and we're welcoming everybody to give birth in this new space. From the moment you walk in, you can tell it's different from a traditional labour ward. The first thing you notice is how quiet the ward is, which is another element of the bud set. In the past, most most labour wards that you go into, there is not sufficient soundproofing to make either the person in the room not able to hear conversations outside of the room um, or for people in the next door room not to be able to hear what activity is going on in the room next door. So women feel very intimidated by either hearing a woman labouring and giving birth in another room. By the same token, the woman in her space, in her room, doesn't want to disturb people next door. So it stops her from making the kinds of noises that she might need to make in order to give birth. Each room is shaped like a horseshoe, with a different section behind each bend. If you peek through a door, you will see a room with a daybed. This is known as the supporter space, which we'll get to a little bit later in the show. The next curve reveals a room known as the mother and baby zone, according to Dr Nicol. So we're now moving into the mother and baby zone um, and uh, we can start to see some of the... um, some of the ways in which women will start to use this space. So um, there's an emphasis on, um, on mats, on balls, on bean bags. But I suppose the best thing that we've been able to incorporate into this space is this birth mantle that we've, we've had specifically designed for this space. So it's a mantle that women can actually hold on to. They can squat using it, they can stand, they can lean over it and have their back rubbed by their partner. Um, women love this, this particular aspect. It's only then that you notice the bed, which is tucked away into the corner. The object that really grabs your attention in the room is the birth pool. As we move further around into the woman's space, we've, we come to our birthing pools and I suppose we're most proud of these and we've had these specifically made um, for, this particular, for this particular unit. These are multi-purpose in that women can just use these during labour as a form of analgesia, as a form of pain relief, particularly if they're getting a lot of back pain. The water is very soothing. The sound of the water filling the bath is very soothing. And that's complemented in all of the rooms by an image of water and, again, of nature um, that's behind the bath. And completing the horseshoe is the ensuite bathroom. Again, if you're walking past the room, all you would see is the daybed, meaning women feel protected in this space. In addition, there is no medical equipment in sight. 
So in a traditional labour wardroom or delivery suite room, all of the equipment is on view. It's, it's, it's in women's faces um, and it's there all the time. What we've been able to do in this space is to hide everything away so that all that, they, all that women can see and their partners can see is those things that will assist them at the particular time. It's all hidden away behind wooden panels. We can see that there's been the use of a lot of wood. So again, what we're trying to create here is this connection with the outside, the connection with nature. When you walk into the space initially, you'll see that there is the wooden walls are actually storage areas that don't look like storage areas, but they contain all of the medical equipment and necessary equipment if a woman requires any sort of assistance. If a woman does require further assistance, the ward is equipped with its own operating theatre, but again, that's hidden away behind closed doors. The general feel of the room is more of a spa than a hospital. These spaces are not just good for the women giving birth, but the staff as well. Dr Nicholl says this space is far superior to other birth units he has worked in. Oh, look, this is, um, uh, this is just so much better um, for all concerned. The, the women are happier, the midwives are happier, um, and certainly the medical staff are happier. Um, traditional birth, um, birthing spaces, the old delivery suite rooms, the old labour ward rooms were very box-like. They were cluttered. They had a lot of um, a lot of equipment uh, around the bed. It was very difficult. Everyone was competing for space. We no longer have that, so we've got a much calmer environment with much greater space. But women, who I hope now we've maximised their chance of avoiding intervention because of the way that we've designed this space. The best part about the space is that there is already a noticeable reduction in the caesarean sections performed in the last six months. This year we, we've certainly noticed a reduction in our caesarean section rate on this, at this site. Um, obviously it's too early for us to tell what, what, what has influenced that, but, but there has been a reduction in caesars. Our instrumental delivery rate is, is, is roughly the same as last year, so it's early days, but... Um, uh, we would expect over time that we would see a reproducible reduction in interventions, but in particular caesarean section. Dr Nicholl puts this down to a range of factors, from the room itself to the bathtub and the staff. I think one of the things that inhibits labour, and there's a lot of research on this, is that whole fear cascade. And I think that a design like this reduces fear, it reduces anxiety, it puts more control back to the woman and her partner and her supports. Having that reduction in their adrenaline, um, labours are more efficient, they're shorter. Um, the use of water certainly has, um, uh, has a role to play in that in terms of reducing other forms of analgesia like, uh, like epidurals. Um, but also I think it, uh, this sort of space encourages staff to spend more time with women um, uh, to provide that encouragement. So I think it's, it's multifactorial. But are we demonising intervention? It's all well and good to hide these life-saving measures for the sake of women who have normal births, but what happens when something goes wrong? People worry about, well, what if something goes wrong? How about getting access to all of the things that you might need? Well, on mum's side... Um, 
uh, tucked away in the corner. Um, we have all of the medical gases and things that are required, um, but you can't see them. They're not on view. They're nicely hidden behind the cupboard. And from the baby's side, um, all of the neonatal resuscitation gear is likewise hidden away nicely in a cupboard that just folds down. It's easy to access. Everything is readily available if we need it. But from the medical staff's point of view and from the midwifery point of view, everything is just very close. You're listening to Think Health on 2SER. Coming up next, we look at the messages the room sends to midwives and supporters. Sydney's gang of youths have provided 2015 with its most devastating local debut album, The Position. Hey, to the killer in your body, the intruder in our kill you right. Their dynamic atmospheric rock is hitting 2SER's Live the Loft on Friday, July 31 at 5pm. You can come and see Gang of Views behind 2SER on Broadway or tune into 107.3 for the broadcast. 2SER's Live at the Loft with Gang of Views, Friday, July 31 at 5pm. You're listening to Think Health on 2SER 107.3. Welcome back to Think Health on 2SER. Right now we are talking about how the spaces women give birth in affect medical staff and women's supporters. We spoke to Athena Hammond earlier in the program. She has specifically been talking to midwives about what they want to see in a birth space. Athena says the midwives talk about the messages that the room sends to them. For example, about what to expect from the space. In some of the research that I've undertaken, I, I actually gave midwives a, a range of six images of very different birth rooms to try and understand what sorts of messages they would get from these different places. Um, and the messages sometimes were really quite hilarious. Like they, you know, midwives would say things like, oh my gosh, that that's a nursing home. You don't go in there to have a baby. You're going to go in there to have a lie down and a cup of tea. Or they'd look at a different kind of space and say, oh, that's not a place to have a baby. That's a torture chamber. That looks like awful things are going to happen to me if I go in there. So they had these very clear, very strong messages that were mediated purely by the design and aesthetics of the room that they were looking at images of. This in turn affects the work of the midwives and their ability to make decisions. So essentially the midwife gets a message from the room. The midwife has a set of feelings about that message and then those feelings play a large part in dictating how the midwife actually behaves and conducts her practice in the room. And we know that the way that we feel at work, which is sometimes referred to as our affective state, actually has a large amount of influence on our cognition and behaviour when we're at work. And that's why this idea that the rooms were making the midwives feel a particular way was really quite important because things like creative and critical thinking, things like decision making are really actually impacted by that affective state that we're in while we're in the work place. Midwives are well attuned to the way in which a room affects the woman they are caring for and will often try to change the room to suit the woman's needs and reduce adrenaline. This includes things like adjusting the temperature and light in the room. If the room doesn't have these capabilities, it can make the midwife's job difficult. What comes out in their language when they're describing it is they will often say that they're fighting or struggling or 
battling is one of the words that they use with the room to try and get it into a workable space for women to labour in. Whereas they're if in a room if they're in a room that offers them more opportunity to do that, they actually feel more relaxed themselves. And there are knock on effects in their practice from those two states. Athena says midwives want to see less of the bed and more flexibility and privacy. Oh, midwives said so many things about the layout of the rooms that they've been working in. Um, we can't really talk about layout without talking about the bed. Um, if there was one object in the room that got the most kind of airtime from midwives, it was the bed. Um, the things that are most highly problematic in those rooms are the fact that they're not flexible. The other one was the fact that very often, particularly in the delivery suite, although sometimes also in the birth centre, what we see is that the layout of the room is such that as soon as you open the door, you're actually looking straight onto the bed. So A, we have an issue that there's sort of nowhere for the woman to go in the room except onto the bed. And then once she's on the bed, every time that door opens and closes, she's actually exposed. All design features which we previously saw at the Royal North Shore Hospital. But it's not just the midwives that are part of the room. The supporters of the woman also spend a significant amount of time in the space. Davis Hart is a PhD candidate in the Faculty of Health at UTS and has also been working on the birth unit design study. Her focus has been on the supporters. Davis's most recent project involved filming a woman in labour in a hospital birth unit. She then reviewed the footage with the woman and her supporters to get a deeper understanding of how the family felt in the space. Davis found that the mother of the woman in labour was particularly concerned about her presence in the space. She was very focused at the beginning of doing her job, which she's, she defined as preventing distractions. Um, so she uh, she tried her hardest to ignore the things that were bothering her. Although on reflection, watching the videos, she was she was noting, well, I felt quite fearful that I might bump into the equipment and things were, there's so much steel everywhere. And well, why can't there be some beautiful images on the wall to look at? Um, so later on, she she did see all that and wished it was there. But during the course of the labor, she was very much attuned with her daughter and did the most beautiful job of being her supporter. Davis has suggested that birth units need to offer more support for the supporters, which again is what the Royal North Shore Hospital has tried to do with the supporter space and daybed in the birth unit. Well, that's what my study undertook to, to decide, well, what how do supporters navigate their role in the designed birth environment? Uh, and it means different things for different people. But if the room is designed in such a way that one feels like they have permission to be there and to do the work that needs to be done, uh, it allows for the space to have safety for their belongings. It allows for personalization if the temperature isn't quite right, if the lighting is not quite right. There's a way to control that and feel like they are allowed to do that. There's there's quite a few findings coming out of my, my study that say that the supporter themselves needs support and not necessarily somebody there holding their hand. The room itself can physically support them, giving a place to rest if they need to, allowing for easy access to food and nourishment and uh, toilet facilities, uh, things that they shouldn't have to feel like they're leaving the woman. To- As you just heard, there is a bit of overlap between what women, midwives and the supporters want. For example, the control of light and temperature.
but can we really expect to include all the elements that everyone wants in a single room? After all, design is subjective. Athena Hammond again. Our responses to design and aesthetics are, um, to a certain extent, mediated by our personal taste. And, and you're right, it's a pretty big ask to imagine that we could design a room that everybody would love. Um, however, underneath the layer of our personal taste sits another layer, which is our unconscious responses to design and aesthetics, which we all have. Um, And what we know is that at that unconscious level, there are actually influences that design and aesthetics have upon us that transcend our personal taste. Professor Farrow and her team will be continuing to research the Royal North Shore Hospital in the coming years to see how the new space is affecting staff and labour. And that's it for the show today. If you'd like to hear any of our past programs or hear extended interviews from today's program, please head to our website at 2ser.com forward slash thinkhealth. This show is a joint partnership between the Faculty of Health at the University of Technology, Sydney and 2SER. Please remember that you should not consider the contents of this show medical advice and you should consult your physician if you have any concerns. I'm Ellen Liebeter. This has been Think Health. See you next week for more in health research and news. UTS has invested in improving our students' learning environment through amazing new facilities, courses and ways of teaching. Our students have noticed the difference. I sort of expected it to be just the tower, but it really is a big campus with a lot of space for students to use different facilities and really interact with the campus outside and inside. UTS is Australia's most innovative campus designed for you to live, learn and enjoy your journey. UTS sponsors 2SER 107.3.